let me ask you a question. Would you have sex with an evil moron to have a billion dollar baby? Yeah. <laughs> like literally no hesitation, like yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've had sex with broke morons. guys welcome to the not literary podcast i'm your host author orianne rudder and on this episode we're doing all things Lindsay lohan <laughs> all right let me explain uh dare i say it Lindsay lohan is poised for a comeback right have you seen her netflix movie yet right if you have you know bitch it's everything it's corny it's cute. Uh, as my special guest star will tell you later in the episode, the budget was there, so her hair was on point for once. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I'm a big Lindsay Lohan fan. Uh, my special guest star today, poet Steven Zarantz, is also a huge Lindsay Lohan fan. So when we were talking about this episode and what meditation we would do, I decided it just had to be Lindsay Lohan. So I don't want to spoil it for you. The format of this show is the same as the others in this season. We're going to do a brief and fun meditation, zen out a little bit, uh, and then afterward, I'll have my special guest star, Steven, on, and we will answer three quick questions, have some cocktails, and uh, do a little bit of storytelling of our own. Uh, also, special, Stephen is going to do a live reading of one of his new poems from his substack. If you don't know what a substack is, stay tuned. We will get into all of that for you. You know, I can't stand a long intro, so we're just going to jump right into the meditation. Uh, without further ado, let's go spend some time with our girl, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> all right. Happy holidays, guys. there, uh, go ahead and find a quiet space where you can be undisturbed for the next 15 minutes or so. And if you can't get away from everyone, go ahead and maybe put in some headphones just so you can concentrate on this. It's only 15 minutes. Okay. And when you're ready, let's begin. We're going to take three deep breaths in through our nose and exhale through our mouth, nice and slow. Breathe in through your nose. And exhale through your mouth. your eyes. Continue breathing. I want you to imagine you're in a nice, clean room with a big, white, fluffy bed. And it smells sweet in the room because there's a big vase on the nightstand, and there's a big window on one side of the room, and sunlight is streaming in, warming the room, and you stand up, down at your feet 
feel that you're in a fluffy white robe. The fabric feels very luxurious, thick and soft. And underneath, you feel soft cashmere PJs. And you stand at the window and take a deep breath in and exhale. And you look out at the courtyard of the Betty Ford Clinic where you have your luxury room. And you look at the fields dotted with poppies. And you see some of the other guests at the clinic taking walks in their fluffy robes smiling in the sun, take a deep breath in, and exhale, and one more, deep breath in, and exhale. You hear a soft knock at the door to your room, then you walk over and open the door, and it's Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> She's standing there and her hair looks fabulous. She's wearing the same cashmere pajama set and a gorgeous fluffy robe. And she smiles at you and says, are you ready for your spa day, bitch? And laughs. You walk with her down the hall to the spa room at Betty Ford. Soft music plays in the hall and you smell essential oils, lavender, relaxing scents all around you. Let's take a deep breath in and exhale. And one more deep breath in and exhale. You're guided into the massage room by your masseuse, where you're given privacy while you strip out of your cashmere pajama set and fluffy robe and lay down on the soft white massage bed. Your masseuse enters and you take a few deep breaths in and exhale. As your masseuse applies lotion and starts kneading through the sore spots in your back and down through your arms and your legs. As your masseuse massages your hands, you hear Lindsay next to you sigh a deep sigh of relief in through the nose and through the mouth. And she says to you, rehab can be so relaxing. And you smile and agree as your masseuse begins to rub your tired feet. And let's take another deep breath in. And exhale. And another deep breath in. And exhale. After your massage, you get back into your comfy PJs and robe and slip your feet back into your comfy squishy white slippers and you walk with Lindsay down the halls of Betty Ford toward the entrance to the garden. And as you're walking, pass by one room and you see a guided meditation 
several celebrities you recognize are sitting crisscross applesauce, breathing deeply in through the nose and out through the mouth. You spot Tara Reed and Sky Ferreira, and you nudge your friend Lindsay and you point and you both laugh a little. And Lindsay turns to you and says, that's nothing, everyone comes here. She starts listing all the celebrities she's seen at Betty Ford and it is literally every celebrity you've ever heard of. Before you open the door to the garden, Lindsay asks you, do you want a Xanax? And you laugh and roll your eyes and say, this is rehab. And she nods, no, no, and pushes a Xanax into your hand and says, they give you all these things here. It's to relax. You take a deep breath in and exhale. And depending on how you're feeling right now, let's take one more deep breath in. And as you exhale, decide if you want to take that Xanax. Or are you relaxed enough for your massage, from your massage, to skip it? It's up to you. Deep breath in. is being quiet now, also just looking out at the flowers, letting her red hair shine in the sunlight. The sky is dotted with just a few fluffy white clouds. It's 75 degrees and sunny in LA, as usual. And your body feels relaxed from your massage, your skin feels moisturized from the lotion, you feel warm and safe under your thick robe, the sun hits your face, you feel rejuvenated, and you take a deep breath in, and you release. You're here at Betty Ford to take a little break, take some rest, and hit reset. You need a little time for yourself. Take another deep breath in and exhale. is more work than fun and that's why you came here today and you can come here anytime and take a deep breath in a moment for yourself 
and exhale. And we're going to stay out here in the garden for a few minutes and continue breathing. But first, Lindsay tells you she has to go. You congratulate her on her new movie and she turns and thanks you and tells you, I just really needed a rest before my big comeback. And you nod and smile. You're here to take a rest too. start to feel ourselves coming back to reality now. And while we wiggle our toes and our fingers and start to come back from our vacation at Betty Ford and back into our lives, I want you to think of three things that you're grateful for this holiday season. Let's take a few breaths and think of those things. Breathe in and exhale. Did you get your first one? Think of one more. Breathe in. They can be big or small. And exhale. You don't have to share them with anyone. You don't have to be selfless here. You can breathe in again. And exhale. And now that you've taken some time for yourself to hit reset, and you spent some time with your celebrity friends, you're nice and relaxed. You've done your daily gratitude time for your big comeback. So we can wiggle our fingers and toes a little more. Take a deep breath in and exhale and go ahead and open your eyes. You're going to have a fabulous day today. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Not Literary Meditation number three. And you can come back here and do this anytime you're feeling stressed out or overwhelmed or like your social calendar is a chore. I know that feeling, boo. Uh, also, if you ever just want to hang out with your friends at Betty Ford, get some quality rehab slash not really rehab time. <laughs> okay, thanks for joining us. And if you did this meditation in the morning, maybe go get your cup of coffee and you can listen to our after party with poet Stephen Zarantz uh, after this, maybe on your way to work. And if you did this meditation as an evening ritual, you can get yourself a martini or maybe a cup of tea before bed and you can listen to the after party uh, before you go to sleep tonight. Okay, uh, we'll get right to that. Thanks guys. Bye. Okay, what do a Catholic stripper, the world's fattest man, and a neighborhood haunted by ravers have in common? You give up? My book, Not Literary. Not Literary is a reckless and carefree collection of short stories about weird characters in weird places. If you haven't already gotten yourself a copy and you're having fun on this podcast today, go ahead and go to my website, orianderutter.com. It's in the show notes so you don't have to figure out how to spell it and get yourself a copy. Okay, let's get back to the show. Hey guys, we're headed into the after party now and we get a little bit louder. So turn your volume down a couple of notches so you don't go bust your ears. 
All right, see you at the after party. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Hey, I'm so excited to be back. I'm uh, really have, excited. A lot, a lot has happened, and we need to talk about uh, some people. So <laughs> much. So much. Okay, so I think I filled you in on the setup of the show this season that we are doing meditations instead of me reading a story for two reasons. Um, I like meditating, but I think that meditation is largely like very hippy-dippy and unaccessible and also frequently doesn't have a sense of humor. Uh, so I wanted to make my own. I thought it would be a fun break for me. And also I'm out of material to read to people. Uh, I have some things coming out really soon, like next week, the week after, but I don't have anything to read you guys. So I wrote meditations instead. Uh, they are in the same vein as the storytelling fun irreverent. Uh, and today's was especially fun uh, because we went to the Betty Ford Clinic for a relaxing spa day with Lindsay Lohan with a couple of guest stars in there. So the first thing I want to talk about is Lindsay Lohan, obviously. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, the Netflix movie was, like, just so amazing for her. <laughs> it was so good. She I mean, did the movie so was, like, well. The movie was, like, really stupid, but it was, like, good stupid. It was, like, exactly what I needed. Um, it didn't make any sense. She looked great. Like, the budget was there for her hair. Thank and she God. Also, like, the funniest thing is she got her damn sister a job because her sister's in it. I know. And her sister, bless her sister's heart. But what yeah. is going on? She's so old looking. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was, I mean, she is a beautiful woman, but she looks yeah. like she's pushing 50. And I think she's only like 28, 29, maybe. Yeah, she's pretty young. Um, I think she lives in like Korea or something in some modeling camp or I have no idea. Was, in where? I, I heard she's like in like Korea at some like modeling boot camp or something. Like North Korea? <laughs> yeah, no, but it was, it was great. I loved it. And there's more coming on Netflix from her. Okay, good. So I'm very excited for it. Um, my favorite part is when they made the joke about Oh, she doesn't have any fingerprints because she hasn't been arrested. Oh, and then she cute. like and she like looks at the camera like, you know. <laughs> I missed that. I have to watch it again. My favorite part. Now, I found that it was a great movie because it was equal parts great and terrible, uh, which is yeah. what I like almost in any movie, really, especially with somebody that is like a star like Lindsay Lohan, who we've seen like just go up and down kind of the cycle right. of fame. But uh Mostly I down. <laughs> hard down hard like down on the pavement down underneath the table at the club down yeah. um but i liked the part where the elderly woman was like you are also beautiful and she was like she tried to emote and her face just got totally stuck and she was like mm. <laughs> yeah i love i love the uh thankfully she like stopped getting so much filler so she looks like an actual human. She looks better. She uh, She's never going to get back that. She was such a stunner as a young girl. Um, well, she's never going to be like that skinny again. Or, you know. yeah. And then also there's some permanent things that were done there that's just kind of. And it is yeah. what it is. I've seen worse. I'll say that. And I couldn't say that about her before. So she's looking No, this better. is the first time where I was like, oh, she looks fucking good. Like, thank God they got her shit together. Like, oh. Uh, if her hair was raggedy, I was going to fucking turn it off. And her hair was on point Late. the whole time. It was done. Yeah. Her what hair was really done. What is it like, called? Is it Falling for Christmas because she fell off a cliff? Yeah, I guess That's so. the name? I, I've just been calling it <laughs> Lohan Holiday, which is not the, the name of the movie. That's the name of Allie Lohan's song. Yeah. Oh, poor Allie Lohan. Yeah, I called the Lindsay Lohan movie on Netflix. It's like, everyone knows it. Yeah. I, uh, I am including... What? I hope it did well. Oh, I'm sure it did because I've talked to literally everyone I know about it. Like yeah. inner circle, medium circle, and outer circle, like strangers at the grocery store. I'm like, so did you like the Lindsay Lohan movie? And they're like, she's back. <laughs> yeah. America's ready for her and her and her comeback. I agree. I watched a few of the subsequent interviews where like she's going through looks from the past. There's a lot yeah. of tragic ones. I wish that somebody would take her through 
some of the looks that are like the really, really bad ones. And I know that's harsh, but I would love to see her do like a Vogue sit down where she goes through like the picture of her and Nicole Richie when they were messed out of their minds and so, so skinny. Oh, I love that one. I love and that. You have, to, you have to save all those images because they scrub them from the internet. Yeah. Especially ones where they are really skinny because, you know, they think that like those images are going to give people eating disorders. Uh, <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know why it's so, so funny. If you find those images, you have to like save them. Yeah, those Vogue photo things are really lame to me because they don't hit the shit you want to like hear them talk about. Right. They're so busy having a stick up their ass that they just totally forget to have a sense of humor. And how redeeming yeah. would it be for somebody to be able, like, I personally, there are plenty of pictures of me now. I'm not famous, but there are plenty of pictures of me doing ridiculous things where I look terrible and yeah, I was on drugs and something really insane was happening. And if you threw one of those into like a lookbook with me, I'd be like, oh my God, a chance to redeem myself. Let me tell you what happened in this picture. I was so coked out. I had no idea what was going on. Like, this is not my fault. Somebody put so much baby aspirin in my Coke that I shit my dress. Like, you know, and at least I would be able to explain myself. I'm sure Lindsay Lohan would like to be afforded the same opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it would be like really funny. Like, we need the her to talk about like her falling into a cactus, um, and like the baby the, powder uh, shoes, all the baby powder all over her feet the one time. Like, I, I need the I need to know about these. Why things. did she do that in black tights? Like, no, but she didn't do it. Her stylist did it, right? What the baby powder? It had to be a stylist. It had to be she some asshole. Like, she said that like her feet were sweaty or something so she put it on she was probably fucked out of her mind <laughs> i loved that um that pout she used to make that made her look like she had a mustache because she did her fake tanner so dark she was uh -huh. like oh yeah and she would have like it looked like she had melasma right here like just a little stash <laughs> oh, yeah, she, just, she looked just dirty all the time like, yeah like christina aguilera she would dye her hair like really like black um and then she would have like a really dirty face and then <laughs> always be constantly smoking like you knew she just smelled like captain morgan's and a marlboro like yeah like the was, bottom of an ashtray yeah it was like fucking great and she'd be in the hospital like every other weekend for exhaustion <laughs> but you know it's because she was just like boozing like fucking non-stop i have great I have decided to include the phone call from Betty Ford, uh, where the nurse is calling the police. I think Lindsay Lohan originally calls the police, but then the nurse takes the phone and is like, no, 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 no. I want to press charges against her because she scratched me. <laughs> and, and Lindsay Lohan is in the background like, you want money? <laughs> like, yeah. Is that what you want? Yeah. Uh, uh, which, it's really funny that she called the police. I'm like, girl, why did you call police? Like, it makes no sense. Like, yeah. so and I love how she's like constantly telling people in the background, like, don't talk to them. It's and like you exactly just called the right. pigs, girl. Yeah. <laughs> she's exactly right. She was like, don't say anything about anything. She was right the entire time. I agree. Uh, except for that moment where she called them. Like, <laughs> 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 whoops. <laughs> I also, when I was trying to find that recording, found another recording. Uh, that I listened to, I was walking my dog, and so I was listening to all these different recordings, trying to find that one. I was listening to a lot of 911 calls, <laughs> and one, I was like, well, this isn't about Lindsay Lohan at all. It was a woman hysterical because she was being chased by an SUV. Turns out that it was, was Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I don't know this story. Do you know this story, that she chased someone in an SUV? Yeah, she was like in a high-speed chase. That was like her big arrest she was chasing after someone and she had the cocaine on her and she was drunk why so was she, she was chasing that she was like literally doing a high-speed chase <laughs> on uh you know in hollywood herbie fully loaded too <laughs> yeah exactly. i just found out my friend peter uh we were talking about the lohan christmas movie he actually texted me and was like yo have you watched it yet and i was like oh, tonight uh so he was telling me, he's like, you know, I, in his opinion, every gay has a pop star that they will, like, live and die for. And, like, for right. him, Lindsay Lohan is that pop star. Like, she is mm -hmm. the one 
that he doesn't care. He will not get off the Lindsay Lohan hill. He'll die on it. He loves her no matter what she does, and he's always rooting for her. Uh, and then I forgot the point of what I was saying. <laughs> Drink more. It will come. That's true. That's true. I am a little tired today. Fortunately, I have uh, the energy of a thousand men, uh, comparatively speaking. So hopefully as I <laughs> just hit this like this, classy girl, what are you drinking today? Um, I am, because I went out last night and got like stupid drunk for whatever reason. It was Monday. Um, I'm having a cherry lime cider and it's actually quite good. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, I've, I've got some canned wine. Uh, which sounds trashier than it is, but uh, the liquor store by my house actually has really good canned wine. <laughs> it's not like, it's not gut rot wine. It's actually pretty nice. And I just like that it's in a can because it helps me limit the amount of alcohol I have in my house. Because mm -hmm. much like I have the energy of a thousand men, I also have the liver of a thousand men. And I, if it's here, I can drink it. I can keep going. I will just yeah. go. So I need to put those limitations in place. So some people can have a box of wine. I can have a can of wine. That's what needs to yeah. be in this house. I actually don't drink wine, so people leave it at my house all the time, and it's still there when they come back because I just, like, refuse. That probably makes you look like you have a lot of self-control, which is not entirely true, so good for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love a good ruse. Uh, I just reminded – I was just reminded a time I had a party in Baltimore, and uh, this guy, his name was – it was like something like SpongeBob SquarePants, but it was before SpongeBob SquarePants. But he had, it was like something Bob, Skater Bob, something Bob. Anyway, he used to take a bunch of pictures at like clubs and raves. So everybody knew him, but he was like pretty antisocial aside from like if he didn't have his camera in front of him. We had a house party and we invited him there and he brought like the cheapest handle of vodka you've ever seen. It was like Crystal Palace or some shit, like $11.99 for like a jug this big. And the next morning, First of all, like, he didn't live in Baltimore. He lived in, like, Northern Virginia. So I don't know what he did that night or why he was, like, walking around Baltimore at, like, 8 in the morning. But he knocked on our door all timidly. And I was like, what the fuck? I opened the door and there's Sideshow Bob. That was his name. Sideshow oh, Bob. And he's, like, this little unassuming guy wearing a mini top hat all the time. And he's like, hey, I just came to get my vodka. There was, like, this much left in this gut rot, terrible vodka. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, yeah, it's mine. I brought it. And I was like, okay. Like, it's not like we wanted to keep it, but also, like, you need to get your fucking life together, Sideshow Bob. Yeah, if you bring booze to someone's house, it's, like, theirs. Yeah. I I have drunkenly, like, filled up my water bottle with alcohol I brought to somebody's house when I'm leaving and be like, going on a bike ride. See you later. <laughs> right, right, right. But that's okay. You know. Yeah, it's also different. I wasn't wearing a tiny hat when I did it, so it was far less offensive. <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you three questions. That's also part of the format this season. We are finally talking about the pandemic. Dun, dun, dun. Because I think we're there. I think we avoided it on this show specifically and like did everything to not talk about it because we were like in the trenches and dealing with it. Living yeah, through it. after this, you should never bring it up ever again. I think that's fair. I actually yeah. like that idea. Uh, and I, it's not my favorite topic. I think it's pretty soon. It's going to be so cliche that I really don't want to talk about it. Uh, but right. I have noticed like, as I go out more, people are like sharing what happened to them during the pandemic. And while there's a lot of similarities, some real strange shit happened to people and people have some good stories to tell. So I just yeah. have three questions for you. Uh, you can go long form or short form. It's completely up to you. But the first question is just generally, how was your pandemic? Um, I actually, like, was pretty chilling. Um, I uh, kind of liked it because in my neighborhood it was um, pretty, uh, it's pretty, like, Libby here, you know. And so, like, everything was empty. But all the places I wanted to go were, like, anti-mask. <laughs> so they remained open. So, like... The gay bar down the street, like Leon, was just like open, regular, like nothing happened. Uh, the gym I go to was like pretty like laissez-faire about about things. So like all the places in my little bubble were like pretty cool. Um, but I did like end up drinking like outside a lot, like Soviet style in the winter, just like full <laughs> huge coats, just 
sitting outside like smoking and drinking with like my friends who I also got into standing outside in like freezing temperatures just like drinking because it was just for a while you couldn't like go inside but they would like serve you and you could like stand outside and I was like okay this is perfect I like this like I can just rip cigs and be outside and talk with my friends like that was pretty like amazing you know? uh, yeah, I had fun drinking outside as well. I probably had more fun drinking outside because I'm in California and it was never that cold. I didn't even really, a few times I thought about it, how much more stir crazy people must be in colder regions. But right. I was, I am generally too self-centered to think that far outside of myself. I, I forget that I live in California and that it is a little easier because of the climate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did like getting outside a lot. I, I did like picnics with people really frequently. Um, also all the bars selling to-go cocktails. I think that should just be a thing. I don't think the world is any crazier or any more fucked up because of to-go cocktails. I didn't see a huge increase in like mental instability because of the to-go cocktails. That's for sure. Um, no. No, I, I would say. They're like, people are drinking more now. And I'm like, according to what? And of course they are. And thank God, because they need to calm down and inebriate themselves and eventually go to sleep. They can't just sit there and worry the whole time. They're going to have an aneurysm and shoot something up. Like, no. Yeah. So I like being outside in the cold. Like I got Eastern European blood, so I can just be out in the cold. But I would also just buy like hand warmers and stick them like all over my clothes and just be like literally out there for like eight hours, like just drinking. It was really fun it sounds like um, an adventure it, it also made me like a legend at some bars because they'd be like dude is just out there like how are you not cold you know so yeah i got i got really cool points like during that time i like that i wish you would like have done it with a really thick like soviet accent <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a disguise on and they'd be like who is the crazy guy that just hangs out in the snow um, yeah Okay, my right. second question. Yeah. What did you do to stay sane during the pandemic? What were some of your like go to don't lose your mind habits? Um, drinking. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the end. Like period. Um, I also just like ended up watching a lot of movies that I like never got the chance to watch. Um, so that was also good for me that I was finally just like, okay, there's that movie I've been putting off. Like, I'm going to finally watch that. So I got like a, and I also read a lot of things I hadn't, that I'd been putting off. Um, so that was good. That was like on the artistic, like not brain rot side. That yeah. Yeah. Um, what, uh, are there any movies in particular or books in particular that were really good? Um, let me think. Oh, because I literally like blacked out. I know it's really hard to remember that whole period of time. And it's weird because I've started to look back on it kind of fondly, which like yeah. is not accurate history. Like it was, there were fun moments like the picnics and the drinking more and like, but it was yeah. like guttural fear and like weird relationships being torn apart and like people dying. It was really like really, really dark. But I'm in that weird kind of surreal stage. I think that's why I wanted to ask these questions to people now when we're like starting to come out of it and get over it because people's reflections are a lot nicer now. And I'd like to, maybe we won't just never talk about it again. We might have to revisit these questions in like 10 years and be like, okay, now that our heads are actually screwed back on. Yeah, I I don't know. I Like I can't sit here and be like, it was bad. Like I had a good time. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that you had fun. I had some fun too. I had some not fun. Uh, we had not fun, but it was like always based on like other people because there was like really hypocritical things going on that were like annoying because people would be like, oh, Steven, like I want to hang out with you because you like go to the bar. But then you see their Instagram story and they're at like a fucking basketball game. Right. Or like a football game. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> Yeah. So uh, that was the depressing part was that like it was just not seeing people because some people were just like in their little ways. Or I liked like, not seeing can... people. Yeah, but like also people would be like, "You can come over, but you can't use the bathroom." It's like what? Yeah. Like... 
<laughs> I was one of those like back and forth. Uh, but really, I, I probably shouldn't admit this, but <laughs> whatever. Um, I'm pretty transparent. Uh, I definitely chalked up the social distancing thing because I didn't want to be near anyone for personal reasons. Right. I had just come out of a like career bartending job, which I hate even saying that because it makes me feel disgusted. No offense <laughs> if you're a career bartender, but no. Um, but I had like dealt with just these people who I mistakenly got into bars and I found it really freeing because I only had to work Friday, Saturday, Sunday to make the same amount of money. Somebody has to work five or six days a week to make. Right. And then I had all this time to do creative stuff. That was the bonus. But, and I mistakenly thought that people were going to bars because they were temporarily slumming, not that they were deciding to totally fucking give up. And yeah. that became less and less true. The older I got and the more I experienced these personalities and saw the same people just drinking themselves to death, essentially, and not like achieving anything. And it became very, very depressing. And I got really burned out on humanity in general. And I also had like a string of bosses who were just subhumanoid fucking abusive fucks. So I was just like done. And I was like, right before the pandemic, I was like doing my little meditations and like saying my little like, dear God, like, please just like create like some safe space for me where I don't have to talk to anybody for just like, just give me like six months to a year. That's all I need. So I caused the pandemic and I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it was my, it was my deepest wish to Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and he granted it to me. So, but yeah, so I liked the pandemic because I got to stay away from people and I really needed it, but it was also like wildly traumatic because I have too many friends who are like, we're all high risk. We were all like teenage runaways. So a lot of people hurt themselves or disappeared and did, you know, you live in Baltimore, so you have a lot of high risk friends too. You get it. Yeah. 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 So no, but in the most part, it was like pretty chill for me. And uh, I got really, I got so close to my cat, which was very cute. So. I agree. I got really close with my dog. I have now morphed into a terrifying dog person. I won't yeah. fuck with other people's dogs. I'm not that person. Like, well, I don't go to the dog park with those people. They're fucked up. But um, I will, when people ask me, who's this? I'm like, oh, this is my best friend, Regina. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, before I ask you the last question, we're going to just take a quick break for announcements. So refresh your drink and we will do that. And we will be right back. Are you looking for the perfect holiday gift for the pet lover and or weirdo in your life? Then my book, How to Kill Your Chihuahua, is it, babe. Go to my website, www.orianderutter, and get yourself a copy. It makes a perfect stocking stuffer and absolutely will start some strange conversations if you put it on your coffee table for your holiday gatherings. know that I've been asked to host a horror podcast? Yes, bitch. I've been asked alongside my dear friend and collaborator, Justin Mayfield, to host the new Why Horror podcast. Why Horror is an irreverent romp through the films we love and nothing is off limits. We're going to ask super fans, industry professionals, and even a few spooky stars, what is it about scary movies? We never take ourselves too seriously, hello every other horror podcast, and as superfans ourselves, we can promise each episode will come from the heart. So join us in January and ask, why horror? Okay, Stephen, welcome back. Uh, we'll do, uh, before we do the last question, no, let's do the last question. And then I want to talk to you about your writing. So the last question yeah. is a little more fun. Uh, what did you do when you went insane during the pandemic? Did you do anything wacky? Um, I started gambling, which. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I started gambling with like daddy Joe's fucking stimulus money. Um, and I would play this game that was actually like Chinese with my friend and so and literally we would be 
sending all of our stimulus money back to China. Um, so it was ironic. Um, and also I, I'd say that that was just out of character for me because I'm not really like a gambler. Um, I am not a gambler either. However, my favorite game to play, I'm also not competitive except with myself. So this tracks. The only game I like to play is claw machines. Oh, yeah, those are fun. And I win them, except for the ones at Walmart. Never put your quarters in that shit. It's a fucking scam, okay? Trust me. As a claw machine queen, I can tell you, nay, nay, those are trash. But someone made an app that videos a claw machine, and you can pick up toys. It was, yes, and I paid about $150 in one night during the pandemic to win toys from a videoed claw machine and here's the best part they then mail you the toys oh that's cute except they don't really mail you the toys they mail you like random plush animals six months later that like i cut it it was like animals in there i didn't know it was in there and i was like oh so i like just cut the top of the package and i just sliced (laughs) them all in half (laughs) but uh yeah so i gambled a little bit too yeah um yeah, because I like two games. Uh, one is drink the beer, and two is spend the money. Um, <laughs> so, like, those are anything where I'm doing those two things, like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty good. There like, for I'm, it. I'm trying yeah. to think. I mean, I did a lot of really insane things. I kind of spilled my guts a little bit too much last episode when I, I delved it. I mean, my bunker, obviously, really is the number one crazy thing. And my homemade yeah, so weapon. I listened to that, and I was like, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm crazy. Like, definitely (laughs) crazy. But, like, I'm also the place you want to be if anything really crazy is happening. Because, like, not only are you going to get drunk here, you're going to have fun. We're also going to record it for, like, posterity and also probably the show. And then we have all these fun shoes to wear. And we have all this food in the bunker and all these weapons to protect ourselves. Plus, like, potable water tablets, a bunch of canteens of water. Even if something, and multiple times since the pandemic something has gone wrong in my building because it's an old building run by real assholes, barrel management. (laughs) Um, But the plumbing goes out and everybody's like, Oh my God, the water's off. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm taking a shower and I've got my canteen and I'm just like doing good, honey. I have my dry shampoo. I'm good, honey. So even, even in non pandemic times, you may want to build a supply bunker just in case yeah. your landlord no that makes sense i like I, I should do that in the very beginning of the yeah. pandemic this is something least, that yeah you yeah. should make a bunker everybody out there build a bunker i'm gonna put like an ad on this that says like build a bunker and like 1-800 call your therapist um so one thing that i was hesitant to admit but i'm on drink two and a half now and i will do it uh, in the very beginning of the pandemic, like when they were like, we're going to shut down, you're going to have to stay in your house for two weeks. And people were like stocking up on groceries like crazy in the world, like the U.S. ran out of toilet paper because I guess like everybody takes big shits. Like, I don't fucking know. Um, oh. That was so weird. And also a little side note. Now all toilet paper comes in like these massive rolls. Yeah. I have a very small bathroom. And I'm only one person. I don't want this big roll of toilet paper sticking out from the wall. I just want a normal... You have to, like, fight to find regular size rolls of toilet paper. Yeah, I never really, like... I didn't have to worry about that because I, like, am a bidet user. I like, Oh, word. Every place I move into, like, I have to install a bidet or else, like, it's just not... Clean beeholes for life. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't have to worry about the toilet paper issue because you don't really use that much of it. No. As a guy, as a bidet, like, so... Okay, Um, one time I went on it. This is not the pandemic, but it's pretty fucking bleak. Um, One time I went on a date with this guy. I actually wrote a story about this. It's in one of my books. It's called Getting to Know Your One Night Stand. Don't do it. Um, I went on a date with this guy. I was stuck on this date because he lives in Oregon. And I like went to Oregon and went on a date with him. And I was with him like for 48 hours of hell. Uh, And... and the first thing that he said to me when I like used the bathroom when I got to his house was like, hey, I only have a little bit of toilet paper, so we might have to get more. And like, I'm 
pretty self-reliant. So I like checked to see how much toilet paper he had. Like, does he have like a square of toilet paper? Like, am I going to be like drip drying before I like sit on this guy's face eventually? Cause that's kind of yucky. Um, so I like look under his bathroom sink and he has like two full large American rolls of toilet paper. And I'm like, that's a lot of toilet paper. Like that is more than I will need in a month. So I'm like, I think we're fine. We're cool. Yeah. So whatever, carry on, carry on. We go on this horrible 48 hour date that, I mean, the things that happen on this thing are so fucking unreal. Read the story. <laughs> I, I wrote the story so I would never have to tell this story again. Yeah, but after all the worst things, we're dry. I am driving his car back from taking it through the car wash for him the next day. I mean, if you could, it's so insane. I'm driving back and he's like, I was like, do you need anything else, Miss Daisy? Because he has me like driving him around because it turns out he got a DUI and he can't drive his car. So now I'm, I'm there, I can help him. Lord child. So <laughs> he's like, yeah, pull off over there. We need to go to the grocery store. And I'm like, what do you need at the grocery store? And he's like, we got to get toilet paper in case you have to take a big shit. And I like, I was so up to here because it had been two days of him being insane. And I was like, I had heard all these crazy things, like so many crazy things. Again, read the story. At one point he just stopped eating at dinner and looked up at me and was like, do you ever worry about slipping into madness? <laughs> That's just one in like a bevy, like a million things. I spoke, I, I understood a waitress's Spanish and tried to point out that his food was ready. And he went, what are you fucking fluent? And I was like, a little. And he's like, well, I don't speak that bingo, bango, Django. By the way, uh, I won't tell you his real name, but in the story, his name is like Ronaldo Chavez. Okay. Like he's not like calling him bingo, bango, Django is something I would expect from like Walker, Texas Ranger, but no, no. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, I just stopped the car, like without even pulling into a parking spot. I just stopped and I was like... And I looked at him and I was like, okay. And I hadn't talked back a lot. I had just kind of let all of this roll off my back. Cause I was like, this guy's a psycho, whatever. Me too. It's cool. Nobody has to die today. And I just like stopped the car and I like took a deep breath. And I turned to him and I said, Ronaldo, how much toilet paper do you think I use? <laughs> and he like, looked, he like didn't make eye contact with me. He like looked at the window, like straight forward and then looked at me like, I don't know, every time a girl's around, they use a lot of toilet paper. And I was like, do you think maybe it's because girls use toilet paper when they poop and when they pee? And he was like, like mind blown. He was like, Oh my God, I never thought of that. <laughs> but still, I'm also wondering like what girls he had over and what happened to them. Uh, it, the two big rolls of toilet paper for a 48 hour adventure in death would like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> anyway, uh, that was not the pandemic. That was the reason why I was happy to take a break from people during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. but I did notice uh, in the beginning of the pandemic when people were really, really scared, like witless and were like, it seemed kind of like an adventure at first to go to the grocery store and buy all this food you wouldn't normally eat. And people were kind of having fun, like stocking up and getting ready to like hunker down. But then like a week into it, when we found out it wasn't going to be two weeks and it was like going to be longer. And once we hit like week three, week four, I noticed people getting weirdly horny oh yeah of course i mean there were lots of lots of babies covid babies well and not horny like not horny like people normally are horny like i need to find somebody to like shack up with horny like this could be the end of days i need to fuck as much as possible so i do i would like to i need to sit down and write down some of the horniest things my friends did and make like a anonymous catalog of things but I had a brief online relationship with a guy who uh wanted to send me packages in the mail so I got a P.O. box and he sent me <laughs> he sent me a giant fucking dildo <laughs> and I was like that's really big that's like really big 
Um, and we cut off communication shortly after that because I was like, it's too much. But at least you got something in the mail. That's fine. It was nice. It wasn't a bill. You know what I mean? It reminded me of when Netflix yeah. was on discs. Yeah. I mean, that's what, like, everyone, that's what I did, like, during pandemic. I always made, I always tried to make it so that I was receiving something in the mail, like, every day. So, like, even I would just go on Amazon and buy something, like, every day that was, like, literally, like, 4 or $5. Just to have, like, something to look Fun. forward to. That's um, cute. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I bought a lot of wigs on Amazon. Oh. A lot of costumes, oh, a lot of wigs. I love the wigs on Amazon. They're oh. Like... They have actually pretty, okay, they have pretty good wigs on Amazon if you look up uh, anything that you're looking for and then put in cosplay wig. So there's yeah. like... Come again? Or like higher quality. Yeah. Uh, the cosplay wigs are better. They're, they're as cheap as like a Party City wig. But they're not right. as cheap as a party city wig. So, like, they're inexpensive, but they're higher quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fun. Okay, um, well, I think we did it. We did it. We survived the pandemic. I was mailed a dildo. Uh, you gambled your stimulus away on a Chinese gambling site. I played a claw machine, and I got severed heads of plush animals. I feel good about it. We survived. Congratulations. You lived through it, baby. Yes. I, I think that we, we came out better. <sighs> I hope so. I mean, I try to tell people, I don't care if you change for better or for worse during the pandemic, but if something didn't change, I probably don't want to talk to you because right. that's frightening. That means that like, that means there's something wrong there. Like I also, I've been reevaluating a lot of relationships after like switching from bartending to like working for myself. So a yeah. lot of those relationships were kind of forced or kind of fake because it was like a service relationship, which I'm sure you can understand. Uh, so now I'm like looking at like who am I friends with? And when somebody's like, I didn't even notice the pandemic. I'm like, <laughs> girl, you all yeah. right? Like, are you okay? It's okay to be like, I noticed it and I did well. And it's okay to be like, I noticed it and I did poorly. But it's not okay to be like, what pandemic? <laughs> Stab a knife in my arm. I don't even feel it. Uh, about your writing, uh, do you have anything new coming out? Um, well, I'm uh, working on a new poem right now. And I'm like sub-stacking now, which is yes. different. Um, and so I try and come out with a poem every two weeks. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Um but mostly, like, you'll get, like, two or three a month. Uh, That's me. amazing. Also, yes. nobody, not everybody knows what Substack is. So tell them really quickly what Substack is. Yeah, so it's just, like, a free, uh, like, Patreon for podcasts or whatever. It's, like, a subscription service where you just sign up. Like, if you sign up for mine, you'll just get, like, an email confirmation. Just put your email in, and then you get a nicely formatted, home for me and then audio of me reading it and a little like blog post um and it's all free um the uh Substack does allow you to like charge money but i was just like you know what i'm just doing it for free i don't care it's never been about the money you know do we um, have an option to donate to you is there a place for that yet i need to like open that up and it will happen soon because i'm gonna have like buy me a beer or buy me a cigarette button like, i like that yeah i like yeah. that like yeah like a tip like buy my coffee um, yeah exactly but i don't want to be like that guy uh <laughs> like coffee's gay me... check check got it coffee's <laughs> gay buy me a beer buy me a cigarette don't buy me a coffee i'm not that gay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> buy me buy me some quaaludes and like <laughs> what are I mean, poppers uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna put <laughs> i am that gay i'm gonna put a button on this podcast that says buy me some poppers <laughs> oh that's fun uh, i would i would like that button i hate poppers i did them one time when i was like 17 because you know all the boys were doing them and i was like what are you guys doing uh and so i tried i was like uh instant headache like but yeah. I don't think I need my butt to be any looser than it already is. <laughs> yeah, I don't even I'm know what that means. They're really fun to me. I'm just like, but I don't get when people are like doing them out at the club. I'm just like, that's not the place. Oh, I don't know. I, I really, I mean, I have more experience with poppers than probably most females. Um, yeah. Like, Generally speaking, I've had a lot of friends like do poppers around me, in front of me, in the club, out of the club. 
I've had a lot of friends be like, oh, my sheets are stained from poppers. Like, so I mean, you know, I know what they're for, but I did them and it just gave me kind of a headache. And I like, you know, I get migraines. So I was like, no thanks. You can change the dynamic of like a party completely if you bring them out though. Um, which Does it is, be, what, how? If you ever like at a, like, like if you're at a house party and it's fucking boring, like bring the poppers out and people like the whole dynamic of the night will change. Like, uh, just cause people get like fucking real fucked up and horny. Okay. Um, so yeah. Okay. So note <laughs> to self, cause the parties I have don't bring out the poppers, but yeah. if you are going to bring out the poppers, bring them out when we go to the after party at the bar. Cause it's somebody else's job to clean up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you something else. I'm like totally blanking. Oh, no, I'm not. Do you have a poem you would read for us today? Sure. Um, <gasps> really? Me... Okay, wait, let's take a quick break. We're going to do one more announcement. And what I'm going to do is uh, a quick ad for your book, Safe Danger. So let's take a break for that. And people can hear about Safe Danger. And then let's give them a uh -huh. poem. Hey guys, I am legitimately obsessed with Safe Danger by Stephen Zorantz. This book of poetry is so weird, so funny, so strange, and so good. If you want to get a copy, I put the Amazon link in the show notes, and you should definitely follow Stephen on both of his Instagram accounts. That's Stephen Zorantz and also Lucifer's Revenge. Uh, Lucifer is spelled with O-D, and again, I'll put all of that in the show notes so you don't have to guess how to spell it. Okay, go get you a copy of Safe Danger. It is phenomenal. We are back, and here is poet Stephen Durant with his new poem, Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. Paris, the fire has gone out. In night vision, at 2%, I leak my nudes online for the likes. The more I get, the more I like myself enough today. I operate in Candy Crush dopamine blitz. Clear a row, clear your mind. I follow myself down the worst hole for a follow. It just escalates. The way I see it, you should live every day like it's your birthday. Dance on tables, turn 21 in a barely there dress. The good life, simple even. The tune playing inside the tanning bed, I've heard it before. It's the sound of something melting inside me. I blow the death whistle, there's no stopping now. Just a little more until I harden into a perfect little gem box. Here I am, laid out, the perfect hostage. This is a ransom, but the body is inside the house. Sadly, we had some technical difficulties at the end of our conversation. So here is a quick and dirty goodbye from me. And you missed Stephen's goodbyes and thank yous. Uh, we'll have him back on the show and he can do that all again when our connection doesn't suck so bad. <laughs> Fucking internet. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Stephen, for being here. And all of Stephen's information will be linked in the show notes so you can find him, you can find his books, you can find all of his fabulous Instagram accounts. There are so many now. <laughs> You're like me with my email accounts. It's like, how do you want to find me? All right. Uh, but yeah, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. My little turkeys. I hope that you enjoyed today's holiday slash Lindsay Lohan themed episode. Uh, if you haven't already watched Falling for Christmas, <laughs> Falling for Christmas, uh, you should do it. But uh, don't expect. Well, just expect it to be good. <laughs> Which, from Lindsay, 
good is great at this stage in the game, right? And also her hair's on point. It's fun. It's silly. Uh, I will be back next month with another episode of the Not Literary Podcast. We're doing a Christmas theme, and I think that I've got not one, not two, but three special guests coming on. I know that uh, I have two confirmed so far, so I don't want to announce everyone, but I will have another fabulous poet, my dear friend, Michael Levi from Baltimore, and he'll be on for our after party, and uh, he'll also do another live reading for us. So if you enjoyed the poetry on today's episode, definitely tune in in December. Uh, Speaking of poetry, Stephen Zarant's all of his information, uh, it's all in our show notes today. So if you want to find his Instagram or get access to his fabulous first book, Safe Danger, please look in the show notes and get you a copy of that. Also, Stephen's uh, literary agent just let him know that his publisher wants to go ahead and greenlight his second full-length book of poetry. So we can look forward to that in 2024. I am so excited. Uh, until then, you can sign up for his Substack, and that info is also in our show notes. Okay, uh, I love you. Happy holidays. I hope you are not getting good old-fashioned sick over and over again like I did this month. Uh, yeah, take your vitamins, babes, and I will see you in December. Mwah. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.